you're alive, that's enough. If you're alive, that's all you need to do. If you're alive from God's grace. Obliterating social norms and overrunning the cultural corrosion with righteous rhetoric and common sense. This is Overflow, the extended conversation covering life, today's newsbreakers, and the occasional banter with the most interesting members of the human species. Signaling from the conservative chasm of Central Valley, California, it's the outlaws your conscience warned you about. Let's welcome your hosts, Loto and Phil Bill. What's going on, everybody? Yes. Welcome back to Overflow EXT. We are excited over here because it is episode number cinco. Number five. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it is episode number five, Philville. What do you think about that, bro? It's crazy. And number five, you're way across on assignment in this great state of where? <laughs> you're somewhere. You're not. You're Alaska. I want to I welcome everybody here to Anchorage. We are off location. As a matter of fact, on location right here in the big state of Alaska. A lot of things going out here in Alaska. It's election season out here. It's pretty obvious. But uh, right behind me, man, you all see the beautiful sleeping lady. A whole lot of water, beautiful trees and all that. I'm on Government Hill, man. Matter of fact, uh, you're actually in my papa's backyard. Really? Man, I don't know if... uh, Yeah, bro. I mean, it just makes, you know, episode number five a little bit more special. For all the podcast geeks out there, you all know that technically, and with data and all that, episode five is a milestone. So, Philville, man, congratulations, bro. We made it to number five, brother. Yes, congratulations, and I'm glad that we get to do this, especially, you know, as friends and brothers for so many years. uh, Number five. Praise God, bro. I can't wait. wait. We've been wanting to do this episode for quite a while. We actually pre-recorded it, uh, parts of it, several months ago. Well, what, what, what Philville is talking about, everyone, is that, man, we're going to introduce an amazing person that uh, that God has truly blessed us with, man. We had some awesome uh, uh, episodes behind us, man. Amazing people we got to interview, amazing sermons we got to have an extensive conversation on. But you're going to meet an incredible life that God has just uh, done an amazing thing in, you know. And, and we're going to get to that, man. But Philville, uh, man, I got to tell you, man, being out here in Alaska, it's pretty sweet, bro, because uh, yeah. <clears throat> you see me wearing a sweater, brother. What's the degrees out there back at home? Ah, uh, man, it's burning hot as <laughs> always. Uh, really hot, but I noticed that it's, is it raining there? You have an umbrella? I see it kind of sneaking in the picture once in a while there. Yes. You know me, man. That's what I love. Uh, you know, I, I love being on the outdoors, man. I'm an outreach boy. I'm an outreach poster boy, so... Had to do the off location outside, bro. Like I said, I'm, I'm in Pa's backyard, and man, look at the beautiful view, man. This is what Dad went to sleep in, you know, sleep with, you know. And as you know, brother, you know why why I'm up here, man. This is also the last uh, thing that he got to see, you know, on his way into eternity. So it's a pretty special moment for me, bro. Brother, just praying for you, praying for you and the family. I know that you're. Uh, it's very fluid, you know. You get to spend time uh, with the family. In celebration of your dad's life. Amen. You know, so so being up here, man, being surrounded with family. And, you know, I, I come from a very talented family, brother. You know, uh, I can't wait, man. Uh, my uncle wrote a beautiful song for dad. Dad's been bugging him about a song for like over 10 years because he's a songwriter. And he wrote a beautiful uh, song for dad's funeral about dad. You know, I got my nieces up here, man. And they're working, you know, on, on their own songs. And I, I'm just really excited, bro. I, I'm catching that. I'm catching that writer fever, bro. So... 
Your boy might go back to some old roots when I get back home, brother. I won't say you're on iTunes, but we could Google that and just find you really easy. But but, you know, you're saying, speaking of larger than life, I know a lot of things are uh, large over there. And I remember being around your family, you have large and lots of food, right? Man, there you go again, Philville, calling me fat. I think you just called me fat again, brother. Hey, please put that down. That's like the 220th time, man. But, But no, 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 you're right, bro. You 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 met Pop Man and you met him in Seattle. As a matter of fact, you know Uncle Bingy. You know he's the one that uh, had that humongous feast. Remember? Oh, it's like a, it reminds me of the Hobbits when they go second breakfast, right? It's like second breakfast and big <laughs> feast. Then you have lunch, which is a celebration of whatever occasion it is. Yeah. Huge. I remember having three plates yes. coming to me. Like I don't know if I could eat. Yeah, it was, bro. That was hilarious, man. I, I got a rat on Philip a little bit, so so I took Philip to Uncle Bingy's house, and uh, Uncle Bingy has like ten different plates in the front of us, and they're all got you know got their own thing on their own meats, rice, you know, whatever. Someone's we eat a lot of rice, and so Phil was you know he was done with his first round, and this guy had like food coming out of ears, and he whispers over to me, and he says, "Okay, please tell your uncle that that I'm done, I'm full." So what did I say, Phil? <laughs> There's a big old plate with a big old whole <laughs> fish on it. Yeah, it, was, yeah. it was, wasn't alive, but yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> it was good food. And, and then I told my uncle. Yeah, I told my uncle. Uncle uh, Philip's still hungry. You know, he said he wants he wants more. So can you give him like a whole other serving? <laughs> you, I don't remember so then, that. So then Phil, Phil got like like ten more plates in the front of him. So oh, yeah, God, bro. bro. That, that's why everything's larger up here, brother. I mean. But yeah, I'm definitely loving the food, bro. But you know, I got a I got a doctor's appointment in a, in a couple of weeks, so I don't want to I don't want to get in trouble. So your boys, you know, keep keep some self control. I'm down to you know five Big Macs, you know, a serving. So I'm good, brother. And, and I and I and I also got a diet coke with it, so I'm good, bro. How's <laughs> Mia, bro? Is. Oh, Mia, Mia's yes. Know, uh, thank yeah. you for asking, Mia. Uh, this last week, she stayed. She she was sent home from daycare because she was like really lethargic and very just. I don't know what was wrong yeah. with her, but she was just Aww. sick. She was up through the night keeping mom. Yeah, mom, mom I know. Up. That's and, what I was asking. And you know how it is when you have little ones and they get sick. I mean, they're going to yeah. get sick. They go to daycare, yep. go to school around a lot of people. For dad to see his his little little one just not happy, unconsolable. It's the worst, bro. Inconsolable sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just the worst, like you said. And But hey, you know, I, she's doing mm. great. She's just laughing, running around, playing, hiding the seek again. But man, that's, I'm, I'm glad, glad to hear that she's doing good, good bro. bro. That's awesome. Lodo, like you said, today is episode number five. I can't wait to for everybody yeah. to hear an amazing story from an amazing yeah. godly man Amen, about bro. how he, uh, he triumphed over over some challenges in his life. We really we, yeah. recorded it here in the studio before we even launched, Amen. I believe, right? Before we even aired the first episode. Man, bro, yes. And so things yeah. are a little different, but hey, it's great. It's yep, great content, definitely. great story. And, and, and I love there's a part in there that talks about excuses and not making excuses. For those that don't know, you know, we got practice coming in. Overflow EXT is brought to you by uh, Life of the Overcomer. And man, this is definitely uh, an episode on, on the Overcomer. Today we have Nick Burial Jr. And he is going to share his story. He's going to kind of share, lay a foundation of what life was before. I just want to uh, welcome our special guest. Today, straight out of Central California, Nick Jr. Burial. Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, man, uh, first of all, thank you so much for thank taking you. time, you know, to hang out with us today. Of course. I know that you got a busy schedule and all that, and I believe uh, you're going to be back in school soon, you know. And uh, and man, so so that's that's awesome. 
You know, but uh, today I, I'm really excited, man, to get into your story, brother, because you have a phenomenal story. You have a story that uh, that really just um, draws people in. So why don't you why don't you start with, uh, you know, just introducing yourself and well, just uh, uh, share with everybody, you know, just a, a little bit about yourself and then we'll get into some questions. All right. Uh, my name is Nick Burrell. I'm 33 years old. I'm from Clovis, California. And just got first give glory to God. You know, nothing went impossible without God's grace. I went to Clovis East, East High School, graduated in 07. Um, I went to University of San Francisco. I played soccer there for three years. And there, at that time, I was on Dean's List for three years in a row. Did you say Dean's List three times? Yes. Let's, let's pull it back a little bit, yes. you know. Um, man, because again, you have such a, such an awesome story, brother, you know, so, so you, you, you went to Clovis East, you graduated from there. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you ended up going to what college again? USF. And USF. Now, how did you get to USF? How did that happen? Cause I want to play soccer. Uh, I want to get a scholarship for soccer mm -hmm. and they were the ones who, um, offered me one. Like my gym college was Notre Dame. Okay. Yeah. But obviously I didn't, all they would play soccer. Yeah, I had no other yeah. acronyms for, for school-wise, you know. So I was offered to play soccer at Columbia, High School, Columbia College, but again, my GPA just wasn't strong enough to get in there, Notre Dame or Columbia. But I went to University of San Francisco. So you, you had some amazing opportunities, bro. And just from what I know of, of your history and your determination, your tenacity, I'm pretty sure eventually you would have ended up at Notre Dame or any school that you wanted to get to. But you mentioned soccer. Soccer has a very uh, prominent uh, place in your family, doesn't it? Yes. Tell us about that a little bit. See, I started playing soccer three or four years old. And obviously my dad played soccer all his life. He actually played in pros in Germany. And we lived there for some years. He was his uncle and his brother. In Germany, he was in the military. His brother was stationed there in Germany. Mm -hmm. And um, and so he gave me the love of soccer, you know, of sports, Man. being active in sports. You know, and, and the awesome thing, bro, is that you mentioned that your dad gave you that uh, the love for soccer. We actually have in the studio, uh, folks, you know, uh, Nick Jr.'s parents, Nick yes. Sr. And, and Maria. You know, um, so so with the soccer, that obviously gave you the uh, the vehicle to get into college. Yes. It provided, you know, scholarship and all of that. Tell us about college, bro. How was it? Now, remember, Nick, your mom's mm -hmm. in the room. So, yeah. be, so good, be uh, careful, brother. Yeah. Be careful. I'll, I'll see. Take a deep breath then. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, so, um, it was fun. It's cool to be considered an adult. But it was a fun. I met friends and played soccer with some greats, you know, who played pros after Amazing. they graduated. From, like one pro went to play Galaxy Soccer in LA. He actually played with the Beckham, David Beckham for mm, one season. Nice. Mm -hmm. And then my other buddy played in Germany, the Bundesliga. Yeah. And um, my buddy played in Florida. And so my buddies went to pro, you know. That's so awesome. That's and cool and your dad that. has Germany ties too. And we'll get into that. You know, um, with the college experience, man, what did it mean to you, Nick Jr., um, to, to go to college? That's like a, a vehicle for your life, you know, mm -hmm. whether, whether your major is or not. You know, my major was uh, chemistry. I wanted to be a pharmacist. Wow. And, but then uh, I changed my major, like moved back home to finance. Mm. I got a job at Wells Fargo. I was a teller there, so my I changed my major to finance to be in that field of Wells wow. Fargo. Explore just life a little bit more. Mm -hmm. 
And, 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 and I think it's important to know that, brother, you were on your way somewhere. You were well on your way. So, so Nick Jr., um, you know, you, so you're in college and, and, and you say that you had, you know, you changed your, um, you changed your major to financial. What, what was your, at this point in your life, yeah. what was your long-term goal, brother? What was the future looking f- like for you? See, I don't think I, I'm not sure if I had like, um, sure. I was not there yet of like what Having I want to do in life. You know, I, yes. I, I had a, a girlfriend and her and I had plans, you know, to mm-hmm. get a house and uh, get an apartment first and have a relationship with her. And, you um, just, Unfortunately, we broke up in my accident. I'm grateful of her and her father, but yeah. So that was one of my uh, my goals, I guess you would say. Yeah. But just just having a job was more like so. So now, so so Nick Jr. Now you're 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 in college, uh, man. It's something that that you feel like you needed to do. That everybody needs to do that. You 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 you're playing soccer. You're living the dream, brother. Uh, you got a full ride. And you have a girlfriend, um, you, you're on your way, you wanted to be a pharmacist, then you realize, like, wait a minute, maybe I want to be uh, in the financial uh, sector. So so you got all these different opportunities, mm-hmm. all these different things coming up. A lot of opportunities. And then, and then it happened. Nick, he did a lot. He was doing so much in school, in sports. Yeah. He had a girlfriend. He had a bright Incredible. future. Everything was going for him. That He had everything that you could dream of. And he was laying the foundation for, for finance, the financial degree. He was, he was possibly had open doors for even further in, in, in the soccer career. What was your reaction to all the, his accomplishments? You know, Nick, Nick already did what you're supposed to do as a young, young person. You know, all the way from elementary to middle school, high school. You know, the kids started going to college, you know, went on, on, on a full ride. He could have done anything he wanted to, bro. I mean, the kid is, is sharp. The mountain that he had to overcome, like I said, this is a true overcomer, bro. And he's just ready to just crack open the best part of his life. And then he went through the event, brother, that to see him journey through that was, I know I can speak for the both of us, bro. Just inspiring. You said that you really didn't have any plans for the future, but you were kind of forced into a plan, weren't you? Yes, I was. Uh, where, where you're, you know, something happened in your life. Why don't you describe that for us? What, what happened? What was this incident that so many has, has come to know in, in mm-hmm. the Central Valley as you shared your story, brother? 11, 16, 13, I was assaulted in a restaurant, the upper room, Barn Grill in Fresno. And it was an assault. You know, I got to a fight and, and I started the fight. Nor did I finish the fight. You know, I got slammed in my head, kicked in my head, punched in my head. For a long time, I was told um, I'm lucky um, that MT that night was my very good friend. And um, herself and her workers never stopped working on me. But I learned from that Christian brother, it wasn't my my friend. It was God's grace that yeah. she was there for that moment. They worked on me at the hospital. I mean, they, in, the, in the ambulance, they worked on me till the fine son of a little pulse. And I guess they found a, like a slight pulse. And I was in rushed to a, community, a friend of the community hospital. I was in deuce coma for three weeks. This is where I know this from my mom and just time what happened. But while in the coma, the doctor said, I'll never walk, talk, or see. I would die as a vegetable. Mm-hmm. I would have no quality signs of life. Uh, they drove my brain on the board, my parents, that. Here's your here's your son's brain. Your son has no brain cells. They're, they're all they're all gone. They're all dead. Pull the plug. Yeah. Now mom said, okay, you said that, but there's no, there's one person besides you, and that's God. Come on, I know my God. Yes. Come on, will have my son, have my son okay? 
I would say roughly 25, 20 minutes because they assumed because they, they picked me up not responsive. Mm. I was not breathing. Well, I'm just grateful that my mom had a relationship with God, you know, because like I said, her whole deal was praying. And obviously when prayers work, you know, yeah. things happen when we don't pray and things happen when we do pray. Yes, sir. Come on. And um, T- Tell them where you learned that from, brother. Tell them where, tell them <laughs> where, where you learned that from, stone. brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It all comes prayer, Franklin. right? If I Franklin. Yes, sir. And, um, and so she was going to attending friends' community and her girlfriends. We all have Bible studies always. So mm-hmm. she had a, a relationship with God, you know, and she knew exactly where to turn to for you would say help for me, you know, Thank and she didn't want help with praying. And her prayer warriors and friends of the cornerstone and continuing prayer for me. And brothers from church, you know, they always every prayed for me. Yeah. And just grateful that God, you know, I'm here for that reason. You know, Philville, you know, this um I, I gosh, just hearing that all over again, you know, it actually reminds me, man, you know, get ready, folks, you know, to our audience. We've got we've got something we're working on. Philville's actually actually working on. We got a special feature coming up. But man, Philville, this this kid, man, did, did you hear that? I mean, literally, his life stopped. Not not just interrupted. His life stopped, bro. They drew his brain to explain, and there was basically no function. He couldn't speak. He couldn't. He couldn't walk. He had to relearn everything. Yes, and just, just to clarify, for those of you that, that kind of missed that, Nick 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 was assaulted uh, very brutally to the point where he actually died and lost lost pulse, lost you know lost uh, brain waves, everything. So man, you know, Phil. I mean, I I believe he said that you know he was he was dead for like 24, 25 minutes, brother. He was dead for quite a bit, and a lot of damage happened. But ultimately, with all that, he still. Gave praise to God. And then how about his mom, bro? I mean, and his parents, you know? It, it, it's incredible just to hear about their role in this. And, and I love how his mama and his pop, they, they did not give up on Nick. And they refused to believe anything else besides what God already promised them, bro. Yeah, and this happened a few years back. But I remember that day recording in the studio. And the parents were just sitting on the other side of the room and and you can see just the, the, the raw emotion of just hearing their son and just yeah. giving praise that he's still here to talk about his story. You shouldn't be 23, 24 years old and have your, your mom, your dad clean your butt, yeah. your girlfriend at a time, your, her, your girlfriend's father clean your butt, feed you, dress you from all aspects, all aspects mm-hmm. of livelihood. I passed that day's Years, years, so that should never happen. It developed something in, in my heart. Just, I want to say, be mean, but it's like of no care, a pity. Like I always thought, I had to just be tough, you know, and just deal with it, keep moving on, you know. Until, like I said, I met a Christian brother that said it. It wasn't just only me, just trying to be manly and deal with life. No, it was. God's grace that you're able to yeah. be this lively person of just, and that touched me a lot to to be yeah. more I guess, happy and loving of just of my situation now. You know, you know, Nick Jr. You've um, man, God has really surrounded you with some amazing people. I think you can agree that you know, man, how important community is, right? I I couldn't imagine Philip. Uh, yeah, 
you know, I don't know if everybody caught that, but when when you were practically gone and they barely holding on, it wasn't just a random paramedic that found you. No. Who was it that came to to answer that 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 call, the nine one one call? Like God had a plan, like not knowing my cousin's mother called the police that night and the MT was my very good friend. And then after that, that person arrested the man with my, my cousin's ex-husband. Philip, could you imagine your name EMT and the, the worst nightmare possible happens? You get the phone call and the victim is your best friend. Can't even imagine that. I, I, I wouldn't even know if I could focus on what my job is because I'd be so concerned. I'm hearing your story and, I, and your the tr- true superheroes that come out of this too are your parents. Mm-hmm. They did things that you said that can believe they had to do. What would you tell them right now? And the gratitude of them being there, that's a strength that, that you, looks like you've inherited that strength from them. Yeah, so well, words can't say enough about my parents. I've said a couple of interviews how my mom and my dad, my brother, my family, friends, they're all my rocks, you know? His relationship with his parents, his relationship wow. with his friends, they all stuck yeah. with him in his recovery process. They, they did things like he mentioned he couldn't believe that they were what they were doing. They were there for him. Yeah. And out of those relationships, God's love came through. Man, absolutely, bro. It, it's just, it's so awesome. You know, again, I just go back to the first clip where this guy is, is a kid that's on his way, bro. I mean, everything going for him. And his life is just completely shattered. Shattered way back to the point of just, he had to start everything all over again. And thank God for his parents, bro. You know, we know uh, Nick and Maria, amazing people, bro. And I say, I thank God that Nick had them, man, because I, I don't think Nick would be where he is today without mom and dad. And another person that I think he's going to mention in the next clip, bro, another hero in this story, brother. But just just to hear, you know, his parents role in this. And, they, you know, we heard more things off camera, bro. And, and again, I, I'm sitting here just stunned, bro. So forgive me if I'm just rambling, you know, and just you know, fanning out over, over Nick. But when you hear his, his story and you see what he does today, as, as many are going to find out, h- how could you not be a fan? Yes. He alluded to that. His story, his story has uh, went across his Valley. He's been on several stations and a lot of, a lot of speaking yeah. engagements. And yeah. he always has given glory to God for, for the, his healing and, his, and for his recovery and he's still he's still yes. dealing with a lot of different issues, and and his parents have been there for him. Uh, inspiring, incredible, you know, unbelievable. More words that comes to mind when thinking about Nick Jr. I don't know a person I would be right now without my friends and my new friends from my church uh, friends of Cornerstone Church family friends. Yes. You see my youth I'm involved with. Majority of people you consider disabled. A lot of the friends leave them, and there are patients right now who, who are no more than me. They they can see twenty twenty. They could they can drive. They have they can work, but they're different now. And their their friends leave them, and my friends have not left me yet. Just speaking about your family, your immediate family, one of my heroes in your story, bro, is your brother. I I love your relationship with Tiger. T- tell me. How much that means to you or what that means to you, bro, to have his support. He's my younger brother, you know. I should have him. The other way around. Yeah, know? like um, guiding him, 
and helping him with homework or when when he was in school and high school, I should have been the one helping them. And I couldn't because I, I lost a lot from the person I, I was the moment of knowledge of school and I couldn't help him. And I said, in my job, helping him as an older brother and that stuff that I lost, but then I gained it too. Yeah. Because we have a, a close relationship now. Man, that's so awesome. I love the way Tiger loves you, brother. Like, you're like his biggest hero, man. And he, I, I truly believe, I know your mom and dad loves you, but I just had this feeling that he, he might be your biggest fan, bro. I just, I love the, I mean, so inspiring, brother. And then like Philville alluded to earlier, man, I want to kind of drill down on that a little bit more on yeah. having your mom and dad. What does that mean to you, brother? Well, words can't explain how grateful from my mom and dad. My dad just, from my acting, changing his life to God and being involved with our men's group we attend to and the brothers he met there to, to guide him on the path of Christianity and his, his path of not being involved with um, men's group. I, I wouldn't be involved with church. We, we talk about loss talk about the things that you know the things that you don't have anymore and then junior as i'm listening to you and both phil and i are, are just here just in awe bro of just the strength that you have is it safe to say that yes you lost a lot but maybe you gained a little bit more at absolutely. least absolutely you know you, you gained a dad who knows god gained a, a mother you know who, who was already amazing too man but i i get to see her man on fire for jesus at the church and just yeah, yeah, again, your family is so amazing. Now, let's talk a little bit about church, you know, and having church around you, you know, because one thing we really believe here at Overflow EXT is community and having the right community. What does it mean to you to have a church family, brother? It's a lot because you can, you can go to, to people who won't judge you when, when you help with problems. They, they're your support. Our Fresno community church family is great. Um, all the yes. pastors we have here. You know, you're such an inspiration, brother, you know, and uh, and through you, I, I get to understand better myself, you know, because a lot of people know the challenges that I have. But just hearing your story, you know, it, it gets me it gets it helps me to understand when people say things like like they're inspired and all that, because I truly feel inspired, brother. Yeah. One thing that's inspirational to me, bro, is of all people. You have an excuse to not show up. You have an excuse to stay home. Why don't you? I can't. I could do it. I could do everything. Oh, it's not the best of my, my abilities like I, I was once, but I can still do same things I did before my accident. Obviously, work or um, using drive, but I have Uber and Lyft for mm-hmm. rides. I'm not allowed to have pity on myself. <laughs> <laughs> For me, wow. you know, no excuses. And no, uh, but hey, that's I, that's how that's how I feel. Not not every person who has brain injury can work out or yeah. run outside. I've fallen many times, but still, you know, I'm okay. Yeah, you know, God's watching me, and I can fly by myself to visit my family, my my cousin is Arizona, or just take road trips. My my friends and family that. People can't do who 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 are disabled. 
Yeah. Even then, but they're still, yeah. they're still the same person. It's, it's, you got to find the avenue to help yourself. I've seen you on the news. You're a superstar now. Your, your message is going out. Can you, can you talk about those organizations that just been there for you that help you in the process of, of your restoration and your healing? The Fresno community. Yeah. Obviously, um, all the sixth floor St. Leon's therapists there. Mm. You know, they were the ones who geared my, uh, you would say rehab, you know, from walking, talking, seeing. Like I said, I had 450 vision at, at the time and a bad case of phasia. So me talking right now is a miracle because my, my, my speak was like, and it was terrible, you know. It was, you know, prayers and doing doing your therapies. And another spot too is, um, Tension for Neon Skills and Bakersfield, California. And, um, like if you have a brain injury, that's the spot you want to go to, CNS and Bakersfield. And they're the most renowned global rehab facility for brain injuries. Yeah. An observation, I remember going visiting back at Cornerstone and, and, and CY and all the youth, they're, they're lucky to have a youth leader like you. You Man. see the passion and the smiling and just being there. And I really admire that you, you have found a calling and, and being using your story and using your relationship with others to be used for God's glory. Nick Jr. I want you to look right into that camera. Which one? I want and, and, and I want you to, I want you to talk to maybe a Nick Jr. out there or maybe somebody who, who, who's having struggles and they, they feel like, man, I can't get up. I don't, I don't, you know, why should I get up, man? And, and, and they're even contemplating maybe giving up, bro. Can, can you talk to them? It's something I learned from Pastor Alex. He always tells our youth himself too. If you're alive, that's enough. You know? And, I, and the moment, I didn't get that what he meant at the time. But now I get what he meant by that. If you're alive, that's all you need to do. You're alive from God's grace. You know, you could do so much from being alive. And so it, it's hard for me to, like, raha people. You know, I'm getting better at it, but it's like you just got to trust God with all your might and know that he will never lead you in a wrong pathway and he will never second he will never leave you he'll always be there for in a time and the reason why I'm so involved or not even involved but so with church because like uh, Pastor Franklin said this when we when we get to heaven we are a new better version of ourselves and I, I imagine me seeing 2020 vision Driving, tying my shoes, bum my dress shirt. I want to die. <laughs> I pray. I pray. I live a long life, get married, have a kid, family, some type of career. But I can't wait to die. I hope I get to heaven. <laughs> but you know, it amazes me. It amazes me just knowing that to be a better version of yourself, who you were. You know. It, it awes me, man. That's so that's so amazing, bro. Yeah, and just the thought of just just a brand new you, man. But I tell you what, Nick Jr., 
the Nick Jr. that we have isn't that bad, brother. <laughs> I love the one that we have, brother. And and Nick Jr., when it comes to raw, raw people and all that and get them fired up, you don't have to say much, brother. Every time you show up, we get fired up because we just can't believe that that kid who has more excuses than anybody to not be here still shows up. You talked about the two different versions of, of himself. You recognized that what God did in his life and his healing and the man of God that he that was revealed in ministry. He has new passions now to serve God and working with the youth. His dad is serving in the men's ministry. God has made a big difference and God used a, a situation what the devil meant for bad, right? God made it, use it for good. I love the hit, how he Amen. turns it around and he flips it and he says, God, you're going to get all the glory in this. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, man. You know, again, it's just incredible. This kid's life just stopped, you know, uh, he was supposed to be dead and he had to start all over from scratch, relearning words, relearning how to hold a ball. You know, his parents would talk about how they had to use different things just to get some motor skills going, you know. Thank God for his dad's soccer, uh, soccer you know, background, you know, because he was able to take a lot of the techniques there and really help rebuild, you know, his son, you know. And, and, and like I mentioned earlier, you know, he, he, there was somebody special in his life. You know, I talked about being a fan, but there's no greater fan, Philville, than his brother. And I, I'm just so inspired by Tiger Man. It's incredible that these overcomers, you know, these people who o- overcome incredible challenges, they spark the overcomers in others, don't they? His story, there's no way you could hear his story and not be impacted. I know that day that I took that story, I go, man, I have no excuse. Yeah. Because what he's gone through. He may had no excuse. He had a fight inside of him. He had a fight that was was passed down from from his parents because they were fighting along with him. And then the fight of the Lord and the strength of that power that has given him that grace and that mercy to Amen. to to walk in his faith, to walk in victory, even Praise before God. he what he had victory. Thank you, Lord. You know, and then I love how he, um, man he 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 didn't just recover and he wasn't just rebuilt. But he relaunched himself into ministry. I don't know if you guys heard, but he's a youth leader. And he is an amazing youth leader at our church, Fayetteville. This guy, I mean, you cannot walk past Nick Jr. without slapping a, a smile on your face, even after your worst day. You could you could have just a, a really bad day. But when you see him, bro, out there with just the biggest smile, isn't that smile amazing? You know, and, and man, like you cannot help but smile back and it just puts you in perspective like, wow, I am blessed. If that kid can be here today doing what he's doing, then, then what's my problem? Of course, I can I can go the extra mile, you know, because this kid, he does it as soon as he wakes up, bro. Waking up for Nick's Jr. is the extra mile. Little hearing Nick's story and how he overcame his setback, it wasn't just a little thing. It was a huge thing in his life that changed his whole way of living. Mm. But I know somebody else, you, you know, you got shot when you were a, a teenager, right? At 16 and your whole life changed. Yeah. Do you mind sharing a little bit about how you can identify with Nick a little bit? That's interesting you say that, bro, because I, I can relate, you know, because again, you know, when I got shot, I lost my sight. So I too know what it's like to have you know to have to start all over again, not at the level that that my brother had to you know, I mean man he literally started from from zero, you know I still have you know some some body parts that I didn't have to rehab you know, and so um, just just going through that man and hearing him, it does it does remind me of of a lot of things that I had to get through and all that, 
you know, and uh, those, you know, there's a lot of challenges. You know, for for those of you that are listening, let me let me just talk to you directly, if, if you don't mind, Philville. I'm going to talk to you, to our audience, to our guests, because again, our one of our pillars here at Overflow is to make sure that you all know that you are in the room with us, and I hope that you feel like that, you know. But I want to I want to talk to you because there's some things that I think the general public needs to know about those who have special needs, uh, categorized as um, uh, disabled folk or handicaps. You know, I, I just heard about the whole Beyonce thing, you know, that she used some terms that people were saying that she was insensitive because what if she offended handicapped people? I, I'm sorry. <clears throat> Look, first of all, I don't speak for all handicaps. I don't speak for all disability. I don't claim that I do. I only speak for the intelligent ones. I only speak for the cool disabled folk like Nick, myself. But for those who are easily offended, I, I'm sorry. There's almost nothing we can do f- for these folks. But, you know, all kidding aside, there's some things that, that you got to know. Number one is, is I, I want to acknowledge that us disabled people, we're the rudest people in the whole world. Like, we are so rude. And, and a lot of it is because we, we're... We forget that not everybody is born with a handicap manual. Like, there's no book out there that says, this is how you want to handle a, a, a handicapped person. Or you should treat a blind person this way. Or you should treat, you know, a person who can't, you know, walk this way, you know. To, to my handicapped folk out there or handicapable folk out there, I, I just want to remind you that these people, they don't, they're not supposed to really know how they're supposed to treat us. You're probably the first handicap that they've ever met. So you got to be understanding because of grace, you know. Um, the other thing is we all have disabilities. Every single one of us have a certain disability. So we are all disabled folks, you know. Now, when it comes to being disabled, there's some things that, that a lot of people who aren't disabled, you know, uh, don't, don't really understand. And, and that's what it's like to be a handicapped. Now, we understand when you say things like, oh, you know, we want to help you or we want to assist you. I say this all the time, you know, that we're looking for good help, not just help, because not all help is good help. And that just that's not just with handicapped communities, but that's even with like management and supervision and, and all of that. You know, everybody, you know, they, they want to help. They just don't realize they're, they're either not great help or they're not the right help. Right. So so here's here's what I want you to think as a person that's not disabled or don't share the disability with whoever you're dealing with. If you're going to help us, then you really need to focus on us, not just the help. For example, there's people who want to help me, you know, uh, uh, get a project done. And so I just need them to tell me what colors are on the tables so that I can pick a color or a couple of colors that I want on the project. But a person comes along and they say, oh, man, you know what? This Yellow goes with that orange and goes with this red. Why don't we put this yellow, orange, red, you know, on this project? Oh, see, look, that looks nice. Oh, see, yes, you know, you pat yourself on the back and then you walk away like, I just helped that blind guy. No, you didn't. I, I didn't want those colors. I asked you to come here because I wasn't sure where those colors were. And had you asked me, hey, are these, the, you know, or you told me, hey, these, these colors, this, this, and that, I would have told you, okay, those are the colors that I want. I, want, I don't want on the project. Can you use the other colors on the table to put on the project? I really hope that that makes sense, you know, because a lot of times, you know, or, you know, there's other times where you guys would just volunteer, you know, a solution to a problem we didn't even present. So you've got to do a lot of uh, uh, listening and get really good at trying to understand what we are asking 
and not what you are hearing. There's a big difference, you know, be, you know, between both of those things. You know, just take a little bit more time to get a better understanding of the help that we need, not the help that you think we need. Because a lot of times you're wrong. We love you and we thank you. We appreciate that. And then when you say things like, no, 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 it's no problem at all. We want to help you. We want to help you. You know, it's no problem. Like you can ask us for help anytime. That sounds really, really good. But that also is way too generic. See, because then you have us thinking, oh, I can call you two in the morning. And you're so nice. The first time you won't say anything. Second time, fifth time, you won't say anything. And then you get irritated. And you can't fake irritation. You can't hide frustration. We're handicapped people. All the other senses have been heightened. So we have spider senses that can sense that you really are irritated. And you are really frustrated. And then we're back to square one because, because like, man, like the last thing we wanted to do is to be a burden. Why? Because you don't need to remind us that we're a burden. We already know this. So when we say like, no thanks, we're not being rude. We just know what's going to happen the sixth time we ask you for something. We, we already know what's going to happen. So you're going to look at blind people or, or handicapped people and you're going to think, oh, they're in that room because they're depressed or because they're ashamed or they're this, this and that. No, no, we lock ourselves in the room because we just don't want to be a burden again. You know, so so when you say things like, oh, just ask us for help whenever you want, you have to grab that checkbook and tear it up because there's no such thing as blank checks when it comes to help. There is a cost. If you could just tell us what you're willing to pay, then we can tell you how much help we need without overcharging you or overcharging what you're really willing to do for us. We love you and we know that you mean it we know you mean it, especially family members. We know you mean when you say that, that you want to help us and that you love. We know that. But as a handicapped person, we also understand that there's a cost. And we're the ones that, you know, because of our spider senses, we feel the frustration, the irritation, the disappointment. We feel the burden even more than you do even more than you do. But those are just some of the things that I wanted to ask you. You know, if you want to do anything for us, prayer. I know that sounds so stinking simple and cliche, but honestly, prayer is the greatest thing that you can do for us. And please don't just pray for a healing. Why would you limit God to just a healing? Why would you limit God to just give us new legs or give us new limbs or give us new eyeballs or new ears or a new tongue or, or a, new, a whole new life? Like, why would you limit... Like, we need a peace of mind. We could use joy too. We could, we could use a lot of wisdom on how to navigate this disability. We can use those things too. So don't limit God to just praying for a miracle so we can get out of the wheelchair. Like, no, because my brothers and sisters that's in the wheelchair, they can get out of that chair tomorrow, but they're going to have the rest of the week to be frustrated because they don't have the peace of God. I can start seeing today, but if it costs me my joy in the Lord, I don't want to see. I'd rather have this joy of the Lord because that's something that I can share. That's something that I can share with others. And if my healing is going to cost me my relationship with God, and I don't want the healing. I do not want the healing. 
I'd rather have my relationship with Jesus. For some of you, you're blown away and you're like, yeah, right. Are you serious? You, so you don't want to see, you'd rather have, what in the world? All that tells me is you have the worst disability of all. And that's a disability in your relationship with Christ because you don't have one. Because if you had a relationship with Jesus, that you would be shouting, amen, brother, I agree. If I was blind, I'd rather stay blind too, you know, than, get, than lose my relationship with Jesus. So let this disability person or disabled person offer you the greatest ability of all. And that's the ability to pray, not just for me, beloved, but to pray for you. And that you will have the greatest ability of all, and that's the ability to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Man, Philville, I, I, I love this episode, man. I love talking to Nick Jr. And I love you, my brother. And thank you, Philville, for helping me with my disabilities and all that. Because you know, bro, blindness is not the only disability I have, brother. Well, man, I love you too. Thank you for sharing that. As a brother, there's there's some some things I still don't know about you after all, like 20 years I've known you. And I appreciate you sharing and being vulnerable with everybody. And and uh, it helps me kind of just understand you more. And I hopefully I, I, I know it will help others out there understand people with disabilities. What's, what is it they truly desire? It's not necessarily, like you said, the healing, the peace of mind, the, maybe an encouraging word, maybe just being there. Yeah. Man, I appreciate this, man. I, I love yeah. today's episode with, with Nick and also got to meet the, the family uh, behind the scenes and some things to come in the future, yeah. I know. Thank you again for being chiming in here from straight from Alaska. Looks like you're getting cold. It's getting dark over there. Huh? We noticed like a, a, the we're 55 degrees out here, bro. Yeah. yeah. Now there is daylight out there still, even though it's getting a little cloudy and dark. Mm -hmm. What time is it over there? So it's uh after nine. I know that it's, it's eleven probably, ten here. Yeah, yeah. It's it's eleven ten uh, p.m. Oh, so that means it's it's. That means it's 10, 10 over here, bro. PM. So it's PM. So this is this is ten in the evening, folks. Yes, yeah. You know, and so it'll probably get dark, and it'll stay dark till maybe uh, uh, midnight or one o'clock in the morning. Then the sun will be back up, bro. You know, but yes, and this beautiful park that you all saw behind me, I believe it's Susan um, Susan Nightingale Park. It's one. Of, it's one of the beautiful parks here in Anchorage, man. Like I said, that that. This is what dad, you know, slipped into eternity. This is the last view that he got. And I'm just really thankful for that. But it's been awesome tuning in from the great state of Alaska, yes. city of Anchorage. Uh, thank you all for joining us here at Overflow EXT. They stay in a conversation. Philville, let's, let's, let's send off the folks. And thank you for being part of us each and every week. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. We do appreciate all the all the feedback that you've been giving us. We love you guys. We're praying for you. And if you have any prayer requests, email us at info at overflowext.com. Again, little, we'll see you next week and we'll be praying for you and the family. Again, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Phil. Lord bless you all. Love you. You've been listening to Overflow, the extended conversation, obliterating social norms, and overrunning the cultural corrosion with righteous rhetoric and common sense. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on social media at Overflow EXT. Lord bless, and we'll see you next time on Overflow, the extended conversation.